Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. This is Kirk Graham, and today I'm hosting the show alone. Logan is, he preached at a partner church up in Vancouver, Canada this last weekend and uh, spending time on vacation with his wife, Mac. And so I'm, I'm flying solo today. We had an incredible week in church this last week. We had our River Valley Conference, which we showed a highlight video of and serving over 800 pastors and leaders from all around the country, even around the world. We had people from Vancouver, from Australia, uh, different places around our country, and just an incredible time at River Valley Conference. One of the greatest things that I think we get to do as a church is serve other churches. We're not just about building River Valley, but we're about building the kingdom of God and especially serving other pastors and leaders, other churches. It is a joy it's a thrill. We had a testimony video this weekend of a Teen Challenge graduate, somebody that's a part of our Shakopee campus. And that video was so inspiring and hopefully priming the pump for this coming weekend. We've got Teen Challenge sending choirs to every single campus, every single location. And I'm really, really excited to see what God's going to do this coming weekend. But I want to open up this podcast just with this thought. School's out for the summer, by the way. Uh, all the kids are, are now in summertime enjoying summer life. I don't know what that's like for your family. But during the school year, I've got a reoccurring alarm that goes off on my phone or my watch reminding me to ask our oldest daughter, Adley, who just graduated second grade, which uh, I don't know if you call it a graduation, but... I think there's too many graduations happening. Side note, I mean, they, they got graduations for preschool, graduations for kindergarten, graduations for getting done with half of the year. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, she just finished second grade, but during the school year, I had an alarm that would go off at 6 p.m. every day, and that alarm was to remind me to see if Adley had done her homework. And so every time that would, alarm would go off, initially the goal was for me to say, hey, Adley, if I hadn't asked her already, how was your day? What did you learn? Uh, anything that you want to talk about? And did you complete your homework? But as that, as that went on day after day after day, that soon became uh, me you know, yelling down the stairs if she was in the basement, Adley! Adley, did you do your homework? And that was the extent of the exchange because most of the time she had already done it. Um, and if she hadn't, then she'd go complete her homework. Why am I telling you this story? Because now school's out for the summer and it's summertime and my alarm went off and I knew she had not had school. She had not been to school. And I actually just thought, my engagement with her at 6 p.m. every day started to get a little bit transactional. You know, I'm trying to be a good dad out here, uh, trying to be a good parent, make sure that our kids are doing their homework and get their schoolwork done and they're learning and growing. And so I, I was going to just delete the alarm altogether and just give her a summer off of me being tran transactional and I'm not going to ask that question. I'm no longer going to ask if she's done her homework. But I had this thought of, what if I kept the alarm, 
and I turn 6 p.m. into something a bit more transformational. Sometimes you'll hear that language, you know, transactional leader versus a transformational leader. Transactional is like we're just trying to get a job done. It's not really about the relationship. Uh, We just want to succeed. And I think there's a certain need in leadership for a certain level of transaction. Like, hey, you're paid to do a job. Are you doing that job well? Are you getting the job done? Let's do this. Um, There's a level of transaction that needs to happen as you're raising kids. You know, like as a parent, I I want to make sure that my kids are being responsible. They're getting done what they need to get done and they're learning and growing. And, uh, you know, that might be also keeping on, on, on kids like, you know, giving them some responsibility in the house, which I'm a big fan of giving young kids real responsibility in the house. So that might look look like chores or certain responsibilities in being a, a inter interdependent person, a part of the family. I'm kind of getting sidetracked on this. So there, there, there's a healthy level of transaction that needs to happen in relationships. That's what I'm trying to say. But that cannot be who you are if you want to be a Christ-like and incredible leader that you are only transactional. No, you got you to gotta be transformational. And that's where the relationship becomes more important than the results. And as a father, I want to be a transformational father, not just a trans- transactional father. So I felt like me asking her if she had done her homework every day was starting to get transactional. I decided I'm going to keep this alarm at six o'clock and I'm going to make six o'clock now all through the summer as transformational as possible. So when that alarm goes off, school's out for the summer, I'm, I make sure to look her in the eye and all four of my kids and tell them why I love them and affirm them, build into them, tell them why I'm proud of them, look them in the eye, give them big old hug and kiss, whether they like it or not, dad's coming in for a transformational moment. And I want to encourage you this summer, you know, we set, uh, we set goals at the beginning of the year, maybe it's a New Year's resolution, and that's an easy time to start something fresh. Well, every change of season is an easy time to start something fresh. Summer is just starting. And so what, what is the fresh thing that you can do with your children? What is the fresh goal or fresh new thing that you want to start in your marriage or in your family or with the Lord? Man, we're, 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 we're halfway through the year. I think it's a perfect time to say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to start waking up at this time that I don't, don't normally wake up. I'm going to spend specific time with you. Or I'm going to, uh, now that it's nice out, I'm going to, instead of just sitting hunkered down in the word, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the word going on audio on my headphones and I'm going to go out and enjoy nature. I'm going to get on a walk every morning. That's what I've been doing. I've been enjoying just getting, waking up, grabbing a little cup of coffee and getting outside, going on a little walk while I'm listening to my soap, listening to the Word of God. We're, we're, we've been listening through Genesis right now. And that's been really, really enjoyable for me, just like a shakeup. I want to encourage you, man, now's the time. It's a fresh season going into summer. School's out for the summer. 
Let's be transformational in our in our marriages, in our parenting, in our walk with the Lord, in our intentionality, in our relationships, and what the Lord wants us to do in serving. Let's be transformational and let's use this change of season as a fresh opportunity. Lord, what, what would you have me do? I'm re-engaging again. Don't wait till January 1st. Are you kidding me? My goodness. Don't wait for January 1st. Do it right now. Let's be transformational. I would love to highlight a few things that happened this weekend. Pastor Rob was talking about um, the Holy Spirit. And the message was awesome. And we've done now three weeks uh, on the Holy Spirit. And he talked talked a lot uh, about a lot of things. Um, Ways to stay full, ways to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully, hopefully that encouraged you if you miss church. Here's just a little recap. Six things, six ways to stay full in, full of the Holy Spirit. Live in obedience. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Stay in the flow of what the Spirit's doing. Create space and time for Him to speak to you. Worship. Worship the Lord. That's a way to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And pray in the Spirit. So I'll just jump back into this. Live in obedience. When you disobey the Holy Spirit, he talked about, you know, have you ever done something that's embarrassing that you, you, you say something in front of somebody and, and then you realize, oh, like, I don't know if I should have said that. That's embarrassing. And there's like an emotional drain. I think when we disobey the Holy Spirit, we should feel that emotional drain. We should feel, oh, I have, I have uh, disobeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I like I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Man, I don't want to do that. I want to live full of the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what I'm talking about in, in that opening story of being transformational. I, I I want to know that, man, I am being intentional in my walk with the Lord and I'm obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Rob said, don't quench the Holy Spirit. And, and explaining that, when you start to say, I've got I've got this on my own, Holy Spirit, thanks for the help getting me this far, but now I've got this next step on my own. I've got this on my own. And man, that's happened in my life for sure. There there was this moment where I, I was pursuing different things and I was thinking, man, I, I, I could do this, that, or the other thing, add this to my life, and um, I'm going to be set for life. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. But it was not directed by the Holy Spirit. It was not uh, uh, the thing that God wanted me to do. And I'm not saying that that it was a sinful thing, but because it was not the Holy Spirit leading me into those things, I do believe that there was a level of disobedience, not hearing the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is sin. Disobeying the Holy Spirit is sin. Not just talking about like 10 commandment sins talking about what is the Holy Spirit leading you to do that nobody else is doing? What is the Holy Spirit leading you to not do that everybody else for some reason has the freedom to do? You are called and gifted uniquely. Do not tell the Holy Spirit, do not tell the Lord that I've got this on my own. That thought set for life. That that kind of messed me up for a little bit because I I was pursuing these different like entrepreneurial ideas that could have had a financial return on the side of of working and doing life and ministry as a pastor. 
And I started to feel that feeling like I could, we could be set for life that like this could pay for our, our kids' weddings, or this could be their education plan and, the, and or this could pay off our house eventually, or this, you know, and, and having all of these thoughts of like, we could be set for life while I was disobeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I remember getting gut punched in the, in the greatest way possible by the Lord. And I think the Lord does that from time to time. We need a wake up call. I think of that with Job. Job, he was going through the thick of things. I mean, and he was an upright guy, Job in the Bible. And then he 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 lost his kids. Uh, he lost his possessions. Lost his health. Um, his wife said, "You should just curse God and die." His friends were were just saying the same thing. Like, did you? You must have done something. You must have sinned or done something that 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 caused you to be in this place. And finally, Job broke down. I think it's in in you know chapter chapter thirty one or thirty two of the book of Job. He he finally breaks down and starts to complain. And man, if if anybody had something to complain about, it would it would be Job in this circumstance. And God shows up and there's a gut punch in Job where he says something to the effect of, where were you when I created the universe? Do you know where I store the snow? I mean, think about God, the God of the universe, complaining to the God of the universe who is all powerful, who gives us air in our lungs and, uh, and he's blessed us so much. And also we live in this world that has pain in it. Anyways, the Lord at times, he will give us a gut punch. And for me, when I started to pursue this thought of I'm going to be set for life while I was disobeying the voice of the Holy Spirit and the, the Holy Spirit, his voice was like, no, just focus on what I've asked you to focus, build local church, build local church. That's what you're called, created to do. Uh, the Holy Spirit told me in that gut punch, the day you said yes to Jesus Christ is the day you were set for life. And somebody needs to hear that right now. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ is the day you were set for life. God will provide for all of your needs. And let's not follow the, the voice of the world, the culture of the world. There's, there, there's good and good goal setting and having a vision for your future. But not at the expense of, man, if I do this, that, or the other thing, then we will be set for life. Nope. You were set for life when you were forgiven of all of your sin. When you said, I'm going to align my, uh, my life with the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit, you are set for life. I got down that track by saying, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't say, I've got this on my own. Nope. I've got this following the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. Staying in the flow, that was number three, creating space for him to speak to us, uh, which we can do. And Pastor Rob said, you need to change your playlist. And that might be for somebody here, you're listening to a podcast. I think that's good. I think this is good. This is good for you where we're digesting the weekend message at a, at a, at a deeper level and uh, creating a little bit more space for the Lord to speak to us through what we're all learning on the weekend. So this listening to this podcast is good, but, but you might need to, and this is not a legalistic thing. Don't, don't, don't fall into that trap. This is not a legalistic thing that, 
oh, I cannot listen to this music or that music. I mean, I grew up on 90s country. That was, my, my mom was a godly woman. We, we grew up on a little Faith Hill, little Tim McGraw. But what Pastor Rob was saying, you need to, you need to change your playlist. I, I think there are people for sure. You need to listen to more worship music. You need to you need to wake up and get a little worship music going in your house. You need to change what you're listening to on the commute. That's that's not building you up at all. It's revving you up and and creating potentially more fear or anxiety. Or it's putting your mind in not in the right godly place before you enter into work where you're supposed to be a light uh, for the kingdom of God, and and I think I think some of some of you that are listening, the Lord's speaking to you right now, saying change the playlist and. Uh, River Valley Worship, River Valley Ages, that's a great place to start. Our church, songs that are out of our house. There's something powerful. You're part of a church that that our songwriters are writing songs. And at the end of this episode, we got a brand new song. Really excited about this song uh, that we're going to listen to here in just a moment. But you need to change your playlist. He, Pastor Rob shared this verse from 2 Kings uh, chapter 3.15 about Elisha. He, Elisha needed a prophetic word. He needed to hear from God and be able to share what is the word of the Lord. And he said in 2 Kings 3.15, Now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Man, I'm feeling that right now. Get some worship music going and watch the hand of God. The anointing of God, the spirit of God, fill you up where you're at. You need to get in the presence of God. You don't just stir it up on Sunday at church. You don't just stir it up in a church service. Man, you can play worship music in your home, in your car, where you're at. Put in your AirPods at work and you can stir up in the presence of God the word of the Lord over your life, his hand on your life, the anointing that's on your life, building within you the boldness to be who you're created to be, change your playlist. Man, I love that. And then he ended with this, uh, praying the Holy Spirit, praying the Spirit. And we do believe in a second distinct work of the Holy Spirit, not just at salvation, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that he moves into your life. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Man, that's awesome, the indwelling. But did you know, and you've learned over the last three weeks, uh, maybe you've been to our Holy Spirit retreat, a part of Alpha, where you learn there's a second distinct work of the Holy Spirit beyond just the indwelling, which is so powerful. That is salvation. That is him moving into your life. That That's the Lord. You're, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. There's comfort in that. There's peace in that. Uh, there is this working of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's this process of sanctification like we talked about last week. That like That is powerful. But there's a second distinct work of greater gifts, greater boldness, called the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, by the way, Jesus is the baptizer. And it's just awesome. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. Have you ever had an encounter with Jesus? Yep, he baptized you in the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's awesome. With greater gifts, greater boldness. And I want all that the Lord has for me. Uh, one of those gifts is, is being able to pray in the Spirit. 
You might wonder, you know, why do we talk about speaking in tongues or why does it sound like we're elevating one gift over the other? Nope, we're not elevating one gift. It just happens to be the gift that was not in the Old Testament. So we see, we see before the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh, like what was prophesied before the upper room in the book of Acts on prophet, priests, and kings, uh, just like we talked about Elisha. Uh, prophet, priests, and kings, they, there was this Holy Spirit element, and they were, you see, they were filled with the Spirit, uh, and they operated in gifts. You see workings of miracles in the Old Testament before the book of Acts. You see uh, the gift of faith. You see the gift of healing. You see discerning of spirits. You see these different gifts in the Old, Testament's op- uh, uh, Old Testament operating through the prophet, priests, and kings. In the New Testament, there was this new gift in the upper room, uh, and it's praying in the spirit. It is this gift in filling the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, I want you to wait for this, wait for this, not for that one specific gift, but for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That moment was so powerful. And it's this gift also as you're baptized in the Holy Spirit that you can uh, for lack of a better term, once you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, you can turn that on. You can choose to pray in the Spirit. I can't choose to have a word of knowledge. I can't choose. I can pray for it. I can ask the Lord for it. But but different than that, praying in tongues, once you pray in the Spirit, which is the perfect will of God, you're praying the perfect will of God. It's an unknown tongue. It's an unknown language, but you're praying the perfect will of God. I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what to ask for. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. You're praying the perfect will of God. You can never go wrong as you're going to the Lord. I don't know. I do, I, words cannot express it. Pray in the spirit. It's the perfect will of God. And it builds you up. Pastor Rob shared that verse too. It edifies you. It builds you up. I am stronger. I'm not weaker. I'm not lesser than. I didn't pour out. As I pour myself out praying in the spirit, I'm actually being more filled up. Pray in the spirit. And it's something that you can choose to do after you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you have that initial moment of of being being filled with the spirit speaking in tongues, you you can choose. I pray in the spirit every day, every day. It, it, it's a part of my walk with the Lord. It's a part of my relationship with the Lord. I'm, I spend time in prayer. And as I'm praying through different topics or over different needs or of different people, I go in and out choosing. I, I'm praying in the spirit over this. I, Lord, I want your will. I want your will. I pray in the spirit before preaching, before uh, moments where I, I might be nervous, uh, uh, stepping into a difficult conversation or a difficult decision. I'm praying in the spirit. Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I, I want your perfect will over this situation. And I need to be built up before going into that. And so those are ways that Pastor Rob taught on, on being able to stay in the spirit. I love to to transition into a couple questions. I love that questions are coming in via Instagram, via um, email, emailing online at rivervalley.org. Um, want you to know that if you've got questions for this podcast, we would love to hear them and love to talk about them. Not able to get to all of them today, but we had KDD910 ask this. I've asked... I've asked for uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've still not received. I don't know what's blocking me from receiving the gift. Also, thank you for focusing on being a spirit-filled church. Uh, uh, they said, I'm leaning in. And thank you for the question. I think that's great. I love that there's a hunger. And I, he, here's here's what I've done pastorally. Different people that they, they want the gift, they're leaning in. Um, 
which is great. Really, I, I say this is just, just, do you have the right belief, the, the right believing? Meaning, do you believe that this gift is for today? Do you believe that this is what the Lord has for you? There, there's a faith element in that. I believe it. I'm hungry for it, which it sounds like uh, the person that's asking this, KDDD910, um, you believe it, which is awesome. There's a hunger there. I, I really think sometimes our logical brain. Uh, has a tough time, and and our adult brain has a tough time stepping into this gift. Sometimes the block is not from heaven. Uh, God is not withholding this gift from you, uh, but the block is in our head. And so it's not a heaven blockage, it's a head blockage. That nothing's going to overtake you like you're possessed by the Holy Spirit. Nope. That's not, how, that's not who the Holy Spirit is. That's not how he operates. So nothing's going to overtake you where you are now out of control of your physical body. What that means, though, is you are going to have to engage. You're going to have to take a faith step to engage and move your mouth just like you choose to speak in English. You're going to have to take a step of faith and choose. There's an element of your involvement to choose. I... I'm going to I'm going to start there's there's some there's some syllables that sound like gibberish in my head and I'm I that sounds that feels silly and I I don't I don't know if that's the Lord and 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 you start to go in this mental battle of of you know oh this is goofy this is silly this can't be God I I'm not sure this is well Jesus said come to me like a child don't come to me like a child. There's an element of speaking in tongues that, especially initially, it feels so childish. And I just want to encourage you. There's, it's a bold faith step to say, I'm going to, I believe that the, the Lord is not withholding this gift from me. I'm going to step out. I'm going to open my mouth. I, I believe that he's baptizing me in the Holy Spirit right now. And I'm going to step out and speak out. And, uh, and also just take the pressure off. That's, that's something too. It's like hunger and thirst for it, create spaces of worship time and and time with the Lord where you're saying, Lord, I want to engage here. I want to receive whatever you have and, and follow his leading into this, but you're going to have to take a step of faith. Nobody's going to grab your mouth. Uh, they should never do. I mean, that's, that's insane. Uh, you have to speak out and, um, a lot of times what I'll tell people is, hey, go go get in your car, go on a drive, blast some worship music in your car, whatever your favorite worship music is, and worship the Lord. And and worship the Lord passionately. Worship the Lord uh, boldly. And, and once you're in a flow of, and this atmosphere of worship where you know the presence of God is with you, then begin to pray in English over different things that you're grateful for. What are you thankful for? Just start to pray over those things. I would pray, thank, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. I'm grateful for the church that I get to be a part of. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Lord, thank you that you're here with me right now, that I've got air in my lungs. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. What are you thankful for? Begin to pray in English. And there will be a moment in, in that worship environment, that, 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 that prayer moment where you're praying in English, that you're saying, I'm hungry for the Spirit. Spirit, would you fill me? I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want, I want to speak in tongues. I want, I want this gift. And there will be a moment that you have to decide, I'm no longer going to pray in English. This does not mean you're baptizing yourself in the Holy Spirit. But there's a moment where the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you have to decide, I'm no longer going to pray in English and I'm going to take a step of faith. It feels childish. Uh, 
but there's power in it, and I've got the faith for it. Let's jump in. And once you start praying in the Spirit, if you're being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just encourage you, keep that moment going, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes or beyond, where, you, where you're just praying in the Spirit. And I do believe that that is a great environment to set yourself up saying, man, I'm, I'm with the Lord. I want you to know also, a lot of times people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was this element of laying on of hands. That's not the thing that's going to do it. It's not like a magic trick. It's not like the perfect, but it's a biblical, it's a biblical pattern. You always want to look out for biblical patterns. Um, a biblical pattern is getting around other spirit-filled believers that pray in the spirit Hey, would you lay your hand on my shoulder? Would you pray over me? And I want to receive this gift. And so if you know spirit-filled believers, our prayer team, our prayer team members are spirit-filled. They would love to lay hands on you, pray over you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of speaking in tongues. And so what a great question. That was kind of a longer explanation, but we're learning about the Holy Spirit and that's great. Um, uh, eek, uh, eek Neem Jim. I don't know if I said that right. I for sure did not. Ekini Jim. What are your views on tattoos? What are your views on the on Halloween? So, uh, school's out for the summer, and we're, we already got a Halloween question. Uh, he, here's what I would say. Um, I do have tattoos, um, and my wife has tattoos. I, I, I would say this. I, I don't think it's a sin issue in regards to like what you read in the book of Leviticus. I, I think it's a Holy Spirit issue. So uh, it, it's kind of like Romans chapter 14. What do you have What do you have the freedom for? Has God given you the freedom or the faith to, to do that? Um, if you've got the faith to do it, you're free to do that. Obviously, if you're, if you're in your parents' house and you're a teenager or a middle schooler, then that is a decision for your parents. Um, uh, I, w- I would not I would not advise that, and I would not be for my kids in my house getting tattoos until they're an adult. Um, but it, but it's not something that we see as a sin issue. We've got pastors that have tattoos. Uh, we've had campus pastors that have had tattoos. Uh, but something that Pastor Rob really teaches us, which I I think is really valuable here, is you want to be you want to be conscious of that there there are different cultures and different people from all different walks of life, and we're in a place of influence. And so um, you just you want you want to know how people view tattoos. That it, it could offend somebody. It could cause concern. It could um, cause somebody to have questions, um, and it could potentially hurt your witness. At, at the same time, it could help your witness with with different people that are um, d- different people from all walks of life. I'll say this. My older brother, um, he's adopted from Guatemala, so he has different skin color than me. Uh, he's Hispanic uh, by ethnicity, and he's got a whole bunch of tattoos, and I promise you, he he's going to reach people that I would never be able to reach. Like he can identify with people that I could never be able to identify with. Um, And I love that about my older brother and he loves the Lord and he's a light for the gospel message of Jesus. Um, But also I'm going to be able to reach people that maybe he wouldn't be able to reach. Uh, It's our our natural sphere of influence. And so um, for me specifically, I've got a tattoo on my forearm and I'm on our broadcast and River Valley's an influential church and it go, you know, our live stream goes out to the world. So, um, it, it would be very, very rare if ever that I would ever wear a short sleeve shirt 
on broadcast on the weekend just because I know that people are from all walks of life and I want to be very self-conscious. So that's that's kind of our, our quick view on that. And then Halloween, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm okay if parents do not have their children participate in Halloween. Um, I'm also okay if you're a parent and your kids, you know, get dressed up and go, go trick or treat again, don't do things you don't have the faith for, or that the Holy Spirit's giving you the freedom to do. Um, if, if my neighbors are giving away free candy, I'm going to let my kids, uh, participate in that. Also, we're going to be a generous home. And as kids are coming to our house, we're not going to shut the windows, you know, shut the blinds, turn all the lights off and pretend we're not there. Uh, no, we're going to, we're going to be generous and engage. I think it's a great night to engage your neighborhood, um, and, and be a light. So that's not the only night you can do that all year long. But one of the things that here's just a quick story on this and I, and I love him so much. He's a part of our church. His name's Tony. Uh, one of my former neighbors, we, we, we just moved recently, but the neighborhood we were living in, Tony was like the leader of the neighborhood on Halloween. That does not mean he was celebrating Halloween. It meant he he would every year get a whole bunch of hot dogs, a whole bunch of food. And he just said, if this is the night that everybody in our neighborhood is going to be outside, I want to make my house the place to come to where we can love on our neighbors. And he would get his small group of men all over to his house to shake hands, meet with, talk to um, all of the neighborhood. And Tony's house is the place to be on Halloween night. And it is a light for Jesus Christ on that night. And everybody's eating his free hot dogs. And he's got, uh, you know, sodas and candy bars for the kids, all these different things. And he just said, I'm not going to hide away on this night. I'm going to be a light. And it's he wasn't, he, it's not that he was dressed up. He, 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 he was just saying, if this is the night that everybody's out, I'm going to use it as a way to be a light and to love on the neighborhood. And he, and he would employ his whole small group of people to, to really make this party happen. And I love Tony and I love what he was doing in our neighborhood. And Tony is a light. I've seen Tony cry over people that he is trying to see come to Jesus that are in our neighborhood. I mean, passionate about seeing people come to Christ. Christianity is a redemptive faith. It's a redemptive faith. I'm going to take what the world uses for evil. I'm going to put the spirit of God on that and say, listen, I'm going to reinvent this night and I'm not celebrating it for, for witches and goblins and ghosts and anything like that, but I'm going to, with the spirit of God in me, I'm going to use this night to see if I can love on my neighbor like I've not been able to love on them before. I'm going to meet them where they're at. I'm going to, I'm going to witness. I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be generous. I'm not going to hide away. I'm for that. But listen, if, if, if that's not the faith that you have, I'm all good if you go hit up a movie that night with your family or you go do something else with your family and your kids are, are not participating. You, the, that's, not a, that's not a bad thing. You need to, as you're leading your family, as you're leading your life, you need to do what you have faith for. It's uh, Romans chapter 14. Again, uh, maybe just one more question here. Uh, Meshach and Gogo. 
What a great name, Meshach and Godot. Go. Meshach is, is a biblical name. That's nice. What does the Bible say about alcohol? So we, we got some hot topic questions this week, and I love it. Uh, I'm here for it. What does the Bible say about alcohol? Ephesians 5.18 says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I mean, I think that's the best verse that I could share as we're talking about the Holy Spirit in our church. Um, I'm, I'm not going to talk long about alcohol uh, right now, but just want you to know, uh, pastors at River Valley Church, and um, and really all of our all of our people managers, so so people that are leading departments and that are overseeing people, um, all of our pastors abstain from alcohol. So we do not drink alcohol. Um, that's something that we, you know, we align with, with Pastor Rob and also the Assemblies of God. We don't drink. Um, and really it's, it's a move also to be able to stand with those. We, we, we've got teen challenge coming in this weekend that it's at every campus. You're going to hear testimonies of people that have lived in addiction, uh, and really ruin their life. And some of that is alcohol. Uh, some of that is, is, uh, drugs that go, go even beyond alcohol. We're going to stand in abstaining from alcohol. We're going to stand with the recovering addict that's saying, I'm, I'm trying to be set free from this. Um, and so for me, I'm happy to abstain. It doesn't affect my life at all. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't affect my witness at all. Um, I've got no problem uh, being in the neighborhood at one of our neighborhood night outs or, or block parties or with neighborhood friends and family where that's that's what they're drinking. And I, I'm okay saying, hey, I, I, I don't drink. But the Bible says, do not be drunk uh, for that is debauchery. And so that there's a line of sin there uh, where being drunk is a sin. Uh, but I love that it follows it up. Be filled with the spirit of God, be filled with the spirit of God. And if that's what I could leave you with today, be filled with the spirit of God. We're moving into prayer requests, uh, and, and different praise reports. Here's, here's just a couple. Here's one from Maple Grove campus. Uh, there's a cousin in the hospital with liver and pancreas, uh, pancreas, pancreas troubles. My goodness. I couldn't even say that word. Um, and, uh, this person is struggling with alcoholism. And so we're going to pray for healing, um, that she would choose Jesus and healing over her body. Uh, so healing spiritually, healing physically, uh, Lord set her free. And we'll pray here in a moment. Uh, praise report out of Maple Grove as well is uh, somebody been praying for a baby over the last year and just found out that they're expecting, praise God, um, that uh, what was a barren womb is now filled. And if that's your prayer request, the Lord is answering that prayer and he can multiply that over your life. Um, Fairbrook Campus said this, my cousin's struggling with alcoholism. Man, it's interesting that there, there was a few of these prayer requests specifically coming out. She's been in and out of treatment for the last couple months. We're praying. Lord, set her free. Woodbury, pray for Mike. Uh, Mike's seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, Minatrista. Here's a praise report. A man was having a hard time coming off a ventilator after heart surgery. The church was praying, and the day after, he was able to get off the ventilator, and he ended up giving his life to Jesus. Praise God. Uh, here's a prayer, prayer request uh, out of ministers to pray for a man's back who's needing surgery for a disc replacement fusion. Uh, pray for complete healing. Pray for the healing of a woman who's had cancer in her eye. She's receiving treatment right now, but the cancer has caused most of her sight to be gone. Uh, there are multiple stories in the Bible 
supernatural healing and somebody that was blind that was now able to see because of the touch of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm praying that. Uh, here, here's what came through River Valley app, which by the way, you can put prayer requests in the River Valley app. Nancy's asking for prayers for uh, her, her son with special needs. Uh, he's struggling with aggression and violence, which is causing uh, not being able to leave the home at times. And so Lord, Lord, touch this son, touch him. Um, heal his body, um, help him with this aggression and this violence. Lord, set him free, whatever is causing that. Um, Lord, set him free. Um, and then we're praying for a friend. Uh, they just put the letter J there. Praying for a, a friend who starts with the letter J would come to know Jesus. Uh, she recently became a widow. And so we're praying. Here's another praise report here, uh, just before we go into this song. The Egan Campus started their Monday night services. Monday night at 6.30, you can go to the Egan Campus and it is a full-on weekend service. And even just beyond being a normal weekend service, this Monday night service has Spanish elements added. So if you're a Spanish speaker or if you know Spanish speakers, those Spanish elements right now anyway, are subtitles in worship and during the message that are in Spanish. So you're able to read along in worship, read along during the message uh, to be able to understand fully uh, what is being taught in church. And so if that's you, uh, if you're interested, it's it's for anybody and everybody. And so even if you go to another campus and, and you're saying, man, I'm, I miss the weekend because of sports games or travel or vacation, or whatever, uh, please feel free to join Egan on Monday nights at their campus, 630. Uh, they had 143 people there this last Monday night and they baptized eight people. Praise God. I want to highlight this as well. Um, uh, we are trying something new at the Apple Valley campus, uh, and just shout out to Pastor Jamer uh, and Pastor Gabby, our lead youth pastor, that we are we are trying something brand new with a middle school service at 9 a.m. at Apple Valley. Uh, we really believe that there is a specific way we need to minister to the junior hires, the middle schoolers, that may be different than what is needed in discipling and raising up a senior hire or a senior in high school. And so we're trying something brand new on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Their first one was two weeks ago. They had 67 middle schoolers at 9 a.m. They sit in for worship in the main auditorium and then they dip out and they have discussion and Bible study and great conversation and prayer. Uh, for their service. And so that's something we're trying. And if that goes well, and if there's a hunger for that in parents to see their middle schooler ministered to on Sunday morning so that they love church, we're passionate about the next generation loving church. And so as they jump out of River Valley Kids and out of elementary school and into middle school, if this is a way that they're able to engage in church and be in a room full of their age age range, uh, we're giving that a try, and we've heard amazing feedback from parents and those middle, middle schoolers. That's something that may be coming to your campus as well, and so just want to highlight that. Uh, we're going to jump into this song. And I'm going to pray over these needs. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this time together where we're having deeper learning, uh, learning uh, more about the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray over each one of these needs where there's healing needed. Lord, be the supernatural healer where people are hungry to be filled with the Spirit. Lord, baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I pray over every healing need, every miracle that's needed, every peace that's needed that, that's beyond our understanding. Lord, give peace. We ask for you to do miracles. You 
you are still the God that does miracles. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you that healing is taking place. We thank you for the praise reports. We thank you for what you're doing at Egan on Monday nights now. We thank you for the middle school service, Lord. Multiply what you're doing. Multiply what you're doing. So many miracles. You, you did a miracle, and it was a miracle of multiplication, Lord. Multiply what you're doing in our church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.